Have you been to the place where the fireweed grows? The caribou roam and the northern lights glow. Come learn from the people who call this place home. This is Denali 360. Welcome to Denali 360. I am your host, Nova, and today I have the pleasure of having Bonnie Westland as my guest. She's the general manager of Denali Princess Wilderness Lodge, located right here in Denali. So welcome, Bonnie. Thank you, Nova. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm glad that you are here in our beautiful main lodge after two years of being empty and quiet it's nice to actually be in here and create some activity absolutely in a sunny day to do that sunny day maybe we should be outside (laughs) we should too much wind noise for our listeners welcome welcome we're glad to have you today i think a lot of people would be interested to know that you started here as a seasonal worker and decided to stay on in denali tell us a little bit about your history you know just like you and many listeners i bet out there we started as a seasonal employee um I never in a million years thought that this was going to turn into a full-time year-round job. I came up here in 2001, and I was a front desk clerk here at the hotel and fell in love with the state, the area, the company, the industry. Who doesn't like tourism? Mm -hmm. Um, I met some really interesting people, and here I am 20-plus years later as the general manager. Never in a million years would I have thought that, that I'd be sitting here 20 years later. Um, I was going to go home and get a job in the financial industry. This is way more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I think a lot of people, when we come, there's something about Denali that's extra special. We joke if we've been here for a long time that it sort of gets in your blood. And then it takes us to different adventures while we're here. And who would know that you were maybe thinking about going back for financial and here you are in a general manager capacity. Here you are in Denali living here and and making this your summer. Absolutely. I think so many of us have that story, and that's what makes this such an interesting place. All of the paths that are crossed and uh, the backgrounds that we all come together with as we work to put a hotel together and run it for a summer and all that energy and experience that, that makes the magic happen. It's, it's a pretty fun job. A lot of variety, a lot of excitement. It's a new challenge every day. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So we're here today to talk about sustainability. And I think one comment you just made is it's great to be in this lovely building. We are in uh, the midst of COVID right now, as everybody knows. And so Princess has not had the pleasure of opening right. for the last couple of years, but it's given you new projects and new interest. And that's what we're here to explore today and talk a little bit about. So tell us a little bit about what your position has been like in the last couple of years and how this new task of sustainability has become professional development and growth for you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, the, you know, just thinking about these last two seasons, and I know a lot of people listen you're going to feel the same way, but I'm full of gratitude and optimism. I'm so grateful to have a job. I'm so grateful for the journey that um, these last two years has has taken me on. Um, I've definitely used this gift of time to work on projects for the company, work on self-development projects. Um, I've been able to go back to school. I'm currently doing a certification in sustainability through UCLA, which is fabulous. If anybody's interested in that, feel free to shoot me an email. I'd be more than happy to tell you more about that program. But and also from the corporate level, you know, working with uh, the different divisions, the different managers, and also in the different communities to find ways that we can operate more sustainably, uh, be better 
community partners, be a better employer. There's all these projects that we're working on, not wasting a minute, so that when we come back in 2022, fully in a fully operational mode, we're going to be even better. Um, and it's so it's been great. We haven't wasted this time. It's it's been a rocky two years, I'm sure, as as all of us know, and you know, especially for the tourism industry up here in Alaska, a lot of touch and go. But making sure that we're we're using this time to to our benefit. I think sustainability. I think we think as a national park, it's in our forefront. It's a forethought, right? Whether it's sustainability, whether it's recycling, uh, mm-hmm. whatever our task might be. I thought one thing you mentioned when we were just casually speaking earlier is you had the time to sit down and make a list of what your company is doing, mm-hmm. what they could be doing better, what would be a, a good goal for the future. Talk a little bit about how kind of satisfying that list was. Yeah. You know, so it all started in 2018. We started a small sustainability com- uh, committee in our company. And one of the first tasks was, what what do we do? What do we currently do? Because our thought was, well, let's put this committee together and start doing some things. Let's start recycling in areas. Let's start being better community um, members. Let's be, you know, do more things for our employees. So we start creating this list as a company and it was mind blowing to see all the different things that we actually did. The fact was that none, but nobody talked about it. So nobody knew. The employees didn't know. The guests didn't know. The communities didn't know. So we got this list together and we started talking about it, sharing ideas between divisions, uh, between departments, between management teams, um, sharing best practices and that really just blossomed the sustainability efforts of Holland America Princess. Uh, We were able to create a committee, a program, a green program that's called Sustain Alaska in the Yukon. The acronym is S-A-Y, SAY for Mm -hmm. short Mm -hmm. and uh, our tagline is say something and do something. So we want to talk about it, you know, the importance of telling our story to everyone, telling the story to our employees so that they know they're working for an employer that cares about the environment and the community. Uh, tell our guests for the same reasons and tell and tell our community members. Um, and then we're going to do something about it too. We want to mm-hmm. get that baseline that you just mentioned, Nova. Um, you know, we made that list. We found the baseline of where we were. And then we were able to make some goals from it and do something increase our recycling footprint, um, increase uh, community volunteer efforts, um, work work harder to increase activities for employees and opportunities for them um, while they're up here for the summer, uh, for example. Talk a little bit about what some of that sustainability opportunities are, whether it's for the guest or what your efforts are this year that are maybe different that you have time to put toward or... For our three goals, we put together three goals as a committee for the company. So, um, in, and these three goals are even applicable to the operations that are closed, like Denali Princess Wilderness Lodge. We're not open this year, but we're still working towards the goals. Um, and the first goal is to increase recycling. Um, so, looking at different ways to add one more thing to our menu of what we collect, um, whether that be in employee areas or guest areas, and find a way to recycle it. And you might be thinking, well, that seems like a pretty easy goal. It's actually quite difficult. You know, many of our operations are located hundreds of miles from a recycle center. For instance, here in Denali, our nearest recycle center that that we take our items to, VCRS down in Palmer, is over 200 miles away. So that's a logistical 
uh, puzzle to figure out. You know, how are we going to get that down there? And there's new community efforts, aren't there, on behalf of the Denali Borough? I think something has just opened in Cantwell yes. and Justin yes. Healy, where we're finally able to take our cardboard there. Is and that-, that was a big effort that we were a part of. Um, super excited to um, have been a part of that committee that uh, brought together uh, folks from the park, which included Zero Landfill Initiative uh, leadership, government. So we had, you know, Clay Governor uh, Mayor Walker on the committee. We also had biz- other business leaders on that committee, and then we connected with Carlisle Transportation, out of um, that operates statewide. They joined the committee, and they were willing to work with us on backhauling recyclables from Healy and Cantwell to VCRS and Palmer. Nice. And that was the huge link. You know, we can collect stuff, but how are we going to get it to the recycle center? Um, and so Carlisle has been a huge, huge partner in that in that uh, solution. Um, and just last month, well, I guess we're now in August, so it was in June, we uh, started collecting plastic number one, aluminum, and cardboard at the Healy Transfer Station. And then we were able to add cardboard to the recycle collection mix in the Cantwell Transfer Station. Um, I just got an email today that we're sending our second full truck uh, van load from Healy to the Recycle Center in Palmer today or tomorrow. Oh, how exciting. So huge thank you to the community that is taking their recyclable materials to Geely. And just think about all that stuff we're diverting from the landfill. Talk a little bit. It's a great success. Yeah. And it's an experiment. This is a pilot program. We're doing it through the middle of September. We're going to get the committee back together, assess how that's going, and then see what we can do to, to continue that again next summer, May through September. Hopefully, you know, down the line, we've got a year-round recycle program here in the Denali Borough um, in Healy. Um, currently, Cantwell does recycle year-round. Um, community members can take their items down there. But um, for those that live in the north end of the borough, that's quite a drive. So maybe we could, we could have some sort of program that's offered year-round there. I think we're so influenced by those park efforts of, you know, whatever you mm. take in to be sure that you haul out. And I think because of our location as well, it can be a challenge. We're not near those larger cities that you just drive a little distance to be able to recycle and do that. And I think especially as so many businesses are around here, one point that they're very mindful of is how can I make a difference? How can I not leave a trace? How can Mm -hmm. I recycle to the best of my ability? I know for us as a business uh, with a dinner theater that I run, we're always trying to do a different effort. Maybe it's not using paper napkins, but using cloth. Maybe it's using recycling, uh, recycled batteries, wine boxes or wine kegs instead of wine bottles that for a long time was hard for us to recycle here in Denali. So uh, talk a little bit, I think uh, for people who are from the area, we are aware, but so many people outside don't know the importance of Subaru and their zero landfill initiative. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, So in 2015, Subaru chose three national parks as a pilot program called the Zero Landfill Initiative. They chose Denali National Park, Grand Teton, and Yosemite National Parks. Um, We are so blessed to have been one of these parks chosen because the money and the funding and the 
training and the opportunities that has been funneled not just to the park but to the gateway community outside of the park and the businesses has just been um I mean, in value, or just you can't measure. You you wouldn't be able to put a dollar on it. So so they chose these three parks as part of the program. Uh, Subaru for years has been building cars in zero waste factories. They can build a a car and not produce any trash. Now that's pretty amazing, if that's you ask me. Astonishing. And so they wanted to take what they learned in their factories and partner with someone, some organization, to show them how to be zero waste as well. well what better partner than the National Park Service? Mm -hmm. So uh, they approached National Park Service. They got thumbs up. They chose three parks. Denali National Park was, was part of that. Um, and then through that partnership, um, there's been meetings, visits, all sorts of um, analysis of waste, um, opportunities for um, uh, partnering with recycle centers and different ways to get recyclable materials to markets. Okay, I think people don't think about simple things too, like food waste, yeah. you know, measuring what you're really throwing in the trash and how paper can be separate from burning versus, you know, for us, uh, I rarely use a water bottle, but I definitely use a Nalgene or some sort of refillable, uh, refillable item, mm -hmm. right? Uh, same thing with a coffee mug. Same thing with um, forks and spoons. Yeah. I use bamboo rather than plastic. It's conscious, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You Absolutely. know, for a conscious consumer, we're going to produce less waste. Do you really need that plastic bag to carry your item to your car? Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to use the bag for 30 seconds and it's going to end up in the trash. Or, you know, do you need that straw, really? Could mm -hmm. you just drink it out of the cup? Or, you know, on the coffee mug, put a coffee mug in your car, you could reuse that easily. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and this training, it takes, we all have to be trained and rethink. Rethink. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I think Subaru bought that, brought that to our park, which then bled out into our gateway community. There is a board of directors um, for ZLI here in Denali that includes many business leaders and community members and government leaders. We meet monthly. We talk about what everybody's doing. We share best practices. We share ideas. What's working? What's not working? Mm -hmm. And a lot of really cool, uh, innovative ideas have come from those meetings. Um, a couple, couple things. You're like uh, the school district has this machine that is um, creating a cleaning solution that is environmentally friendly, and they've shared information about that. To HAP has purchased a food digester, so I've shared a lot of that information at these meetings to um, different operational changes that people have done, like taking garbage can liners out of uh, guest rooms to um, the reusables to. Uh, in installing water refill stations and lobbies to encourage guests and employees to use a re refillable bottle. So all these different things have been um, interchanged at these meetings and has made us even stronger and closer and more sustainable as a community and reduced our, our waste, essentially. Um, it's been great. It's yeah. always nice to have ideas from other people that is kind of that light bulb, mm -hmm. aha moment where you think, oh, of course, that's obvious, but I didn't change that or do that yet that's great for me to you know yeah. initiate as well that's yeah. awesome talk about some of the things you're doing this summer so we you know we i touched upon a little bit of you know the increase in recycling you know so for net for instance here next door at the chalet the mckinley chalet resort we've um, increased our recycling footprint by adding plastic water bottles and soda bottles as well as aluminum cans to our collection um, from guest areas. And so that's been going pretty good. And we've added some other things to employee areas. Um, those items, as well as plastic film, mixed paper, shredded paper. We've, we were even collecting um, used linens 
there's um, a use for those if they're still reusable with VCRS they're able to reuse those um, and I then, think people are interested in strange things too, like yeah. um, where I have worked in the past for Aramark down at Denali Park Village, we used to take soap and soap bottles, and it actually can be cleaned in such a way that it's sent out to third world countries, mm-hmm. and they reuse those kind of items because they need those items there. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, I've, but, heard, of, I've heard of programs like that. Yeah, yeah, so it's interesting what programs are out there too that just simply doesn't occur to you on how mm-hmm. to do that or how to reuse it. The, the options are endless. So mm-hmm. that, you know, thank goodness we've got Google these days. <laughs> right. I think the challenge, too, that's interesting to me is there can be a lot of recycling on one level, but I'm never always clear on how that infrastructure works going into the larger picture, right? When we're recycling and we're making great efforts here what is actually happening there or the flip side sometimes you can give it to the consumer to work on but if they're shoving the plastic bottle in with the food in with the napkin you know uh there's not that extra manpower to separate all that stuff out necessarily and how important it is as the customer to do your best effort to make it easier to get it to that final recycling yeah, spot or yeah. whatever it is I want to say. Yeah, and, you know, and up here we have to, um, it's got to be a multi-stream recycling system. Everything has to be separated separately and you can't put it all in together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, and there's less contamination in the recycling stream that way. Um, the recycling centers will get a higher margin for the, the bills of that product when it's already pre-separated versus if it's all contained together or maybe with some trash included in with it or things that can't be recycled mm-hmm. um, so that is it's it is better that it's it's just more work on our end yeah. it is better uh, in the long run for it to be separated on on our side absolutely yeah yeah talk about some of your other goals this season um, reducing waste is our second goal and so we're focusing a lot on food waste that is such a big um a big problem worldwide uh, it's heavy it takes a lot of energy to get it to the landfill and then when it starts to decompose it it emits a lot of carbon emissions so a lot of methane so you know, i mentioned earlier that we have purchased a food digester um, for denali princess it'll go in the king salmon kitchen uh, we purchased it for last year unfortunately we all know what happened last year and then this year again we're closed so it is installed it is ready to go we are super excited to put this machine into action in 2022 what happens you open the lid you put the food in it will take everything from small bones to um, big pieces of fruits and vegetables it can take eggshells fish bones things like that Um, there's microbes in it and these microbes will eat the food eat the the fish skins the fish bones and over the course of just a few hours it the it will actually um, it'll just be gray water that comes off of um, the food. So it goes from a solid to a liquid, and then it can just be processed um, in our wastewater plant. So it's pretty awesome. That is yeah. wonderful. Uh, we, we did a, a analysis of our food waste in 2019 in that restaurant, and we produce about 485 pounds of food waste a day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So just think about that really quick. 485 pounds a day for 120-day season, that's going to be diverted from the landfills. That means less plastic bags, less um, employees having to take it out to a dumpster, less dumpsters being put into our compactor, less compactors going down the road. So there's a lot of, um, it's not just the decomposing food in the landfill that we're saving, but we're also saving all those um, carbon emissions from the transportation component as well. 
this. Absolutely. It's really great. Um, so we're really hopeful to get some good um, feedback and results from this food digester, hoping it'll be the first of many in the HAP system. And I've shared a lot of this information with the board of directors for ZLI here in the area, and I know there's a lot of interest. So maybe even locally we'll be seeing more food digesters um, in local restaurants. And That's exciting. operations here. How much can it take at a time? And food waste. I don't know exactly how that's uh, measured yeah, so in this they case. Come, they come in a, uh, an array of sizes. There's like a dozen different sizes of these machines. And so what you have to do is you have to figure out how much you're going to put in it per day. And then you're going to choose that size machine because you can't overfeed the microbes or underfeed them. They, they die or they can't keep up. Um, so depending on what size of the operation, that's what you would choose the machine for. Um, so the machine we chose was for 485 a day, 485 pounds a day, and it, it will be able to keep up with that. So this will be the first you'll be trying it this yeah. upcoming season. That's exciting. Yeah. I know. It's really exciting. And then we've also, uh, we're really excited about composting, learning a little bit more about that. The Park Service and Delay Education Center has what they call earth cube composters. Um, they're a fully enclosed unit, so the smell there's no smell, uh, good for wildlife. And so we've purchased one of those and we're experimenting with composting this summer. We're um, collecting veggie scraps and fruit scraps from our employee dining room over at the McKinley Chalet Resort. Nice. So that's seeing how that's gonna go and hopefully learn from there. We've also got all sorts of utility reduction programs. The McKinley Chalet Resort this last spring installed two used oil heaters in their maintenance shop. And so we're, we're collecting used kitchen oil from our operations this summer that will be burned in those heaters this winter and keep the shop warm. So we're really excited oh, about that. Oh, that's a nice use for that. And it will all stay on site so once again no need for transport to transport it to another location to be burned or used um, reducing the carbon footprint um, we've also purchased our first hybrid box truck it's going to be used as our laundry truck next summer Perfect. you'll see it around the community it's going to have our logo on it our sustainability program logo our say logo so that that'll be really fun to um, see how that works in the fleet and we hope it's the first of many as well and we're working on our LED bulb conversion um, here in our guest rooms, public spaces, and back of house spaces, employee housing as well. So we've got a good a good hit on that as well. We're about 30, 40% complete on that project. Hoping next year as we open Denali Princess, we'll be able to do some more bulb conversions there. You know, we're also re researching electric carts and electric landscaping equipment. Did you, we read recently that um, a gas-powered mower can have emissions similar to a Toyota Corolla. Oh, wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at some different options, you know, because we mow a lot. We've got a lot of grass. We've got a, a <laughs> lot of landscaping to keep up. So find some, find some ways. And not just here in Denali, but, you know, across all of our, all of our hotels across the state in the Yukon. You know, we're looking at how we can reduce coach idling. We're looking at monitoring. Uh, kitchen equipment, mm -hmm. you know, in our kitchens, you know, how we can reduce utility usage there. We're looking at glass crushers. Um, we do have a glass crusher in the system down at the Kenai Princess currently, um, and they're able to take glass from the local community and crush it as well. So oh, nice. That's always been a challenge right? in Denali. And so we're mm -hmm. looking at getting one here in in HAP for Denali region and, and you know maybe depending on the size of it and what we can handle maybe we'll be able to do some community glass collection we've talked about that as a possibility so we'll I'll, I'll keep the community up to up to speed on that as well you know and then the other goal that we've got big this year which I've mentioned a little bit earlier was 
saying it out loud, talking about it, telling our story. And so thank you for inviting me to be here today, Nova, because this is part of that goal, <laughs> telling our story, what we're doing, and our right. efforts. We're not perfect, but we're, we're definitely engaged, and it's part of our values to improve every day, improve every year, reduce our impact on the environment, create a great environment for our employees and our guests, and be a great community member. So, you know, that's part of part of our whole sustainability program and um, one of our five main values as a company. Um, you know, so we're, we're working on getting the messaging out, you know, in a myriad of ways, newsletters, social media, um, our recruiting website, working on getting it on our guest websites, guest-facing websites. We're working on videos that maybe possibly can be viewed in room televisions or even on the ships that would educate guests mm -hmm. about the challenges of sustainability in Alaska. I think, you know, a lot of people come up here and think, oh, of course they're recycling. It's got to be easy up here. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's one of our biggest challenges. So. Sure. So educating people is a big part of that. And then looking for volunteer opportunities and mm -hmm. opportunities to donate that meet our good matches for our sustainability efforts. Uh, working with Dell Education Center and the ZLI, those have, those have been great partners and National Park Service for, for helping reduce our footprint, reduce our waste, um, and give back. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of opportunities out there, and I'm always looking for new, new ideas and things. So if there's people <laughs> listening that um, have an idea or, or want to talk about it, mm -hmm. give me a call. <laughs> I think when we talk about recycling, I think the influence of cardboard in our life, right? Mm -hmm. We, any person that's been home for the last two years has probably had a lot of things shipped to their home. Amazon has been lovely. They just built a new place in Fairbanks. So of course we get things a lot quicker. So we're seeing more there. But I don't think a lot of people really understand that footprint that cardboard has mm -hmm. on some of our businesses and locations here and how much that can become overwhelming. Yeah, in Alaska, you know, everything comes in a box, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're far away, especially here in Denali. We're we're not uh, down the street from a Sam's Club or a oh, definitely not Sam's Club, but we're not down the street from a Costco anymore. <laughs> Um, so yeah, everything comes in boxes, on pallets. Uh, when we're at normal operating mode, we have about a dozen restaurants between the two HAP hotels and our employee housing facility in Healy, and all the food comes in cardboard. We have about a dozen gift shops. All the materials or all the, the retail items come in cardboard. Um, so in 20, 2018, we started looking at recycling cardboard, backhauling it to the recycle center in luggage trucks. We were collecting it, hand bailing it. We did about 60,000 pounds that year. We weren't really sure how much we would do. We, we kind of made some good efforts. We were really proud of what we did. And then in 2019, we really made a goal to recycle all cardboard, really rolled it out, did a lot of training, created some specific collection points, um, created a really detailed plan with our luggage trucks. And we did over 130,000 pounds, Nova. That was oh over a 100% increase from 18 to 19. We were super proud and so <laughs> excited by that. And that was just here in Denali. You know, HAP throughout the rest of the state was recycling its cardboard as well. That was a, a big goal for us, uh, for our sustainability program that year, was to just focus on cardboard. It's big, it's bulky, we get a lot of it. If we can take that out of the landfill, that's really low-hanging fruit. Right. And then we'll start working on the other stuff, and which is what we're doing now. That's a great past yeah. achievement. Talk about some of the other past achievements. You know, um, something really fun is uh, in 2019, 
one of our goals was to make the fourth R part of our culture. Do you know what the fourth R is? I don't. So uh, the other three are reduce, reuse, recycle. The fourth R is refuse. Refuse that plastic bag. Refuse that straw. Say no to that reusable cup or, dis- or single-use disposable item. Ah. So we made some fun activities with employees. We 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 included our guests in in the program as well. We made it standard in our gift shops to ask our guests, "Do you need a bag?" Because they have a backpack nine times out of ten, they can throw their little item in, or maybe they're just they don't need a, a bag from um, for their to-go food because they're going to go over to a picnic table, sit down, and eat it right away. Mm-hmm. There's always opportunity to refuse and we did some social media campaigns with employees to take pictures with signs that say I refuse the plastic bag <laughs> I refuse the plastic straw this summer and then we, we focused our gifting to our employees on reusable something that they could use all summer long take home with them and keep reusing it a bag straws cups mugs those types of things super successful and, and we made it fun and mm-hmm. I think that's key you know if you're gonna change culture and change behavior You've got to involve involve everyone, involve the people that you want to change the behavior with, and make it fun and mm-hmm. engaging. And uh, we had a lot of success with that. Employees still talk about refusing. It's still part of our culture, um, and, and we focus on it in uh, our training and, uh, and media uh, for, for employee recruitment. I think a lot of that education, whether it's to the guests, to the community, to employees, is that light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. They, they knew it. They just didn't process it, or it was just a matter of bringing it to the forefront in your brain. Well, that's true. I I don't need that straw. Or, gosh, I've got this bag. I I was notorious when the whole thing, when we were trying to make stronger efforts as an individual with grocery stores to always have bags, but I would walk into the grocery store without them (laughs) and having to go back out to to do that. Yeah, so it's kind of retraining yourself to make those efforts to be smart, but it feels good when it's said and done. Mm -hmm. You know, I handle bottled water much differently now than I Mm -hmm. used to. I used to not pay attention years ago there was a television show I used to always watch David Letterman and Mm -hmm. he had a guest on and Josiah I'll have to get this information for you but the water bottles all went to one magnetized place in the ocean and when David Letterman did the coverage on this story for myself it totally changed what I did what my personal effort was when it came to something as simple as water. And that's when the lovely company Nalgene and multiple other companies since have kind of come into my life that I wouldn't be without that water bottle anymore. And to pick up a plastic bottle to me is a challenge. I think when we're on tour or we're visiting, um, it's nice to pick up that item that we feel like we're making a difference, that we are reducing that carbon footprint in our own personal way and the more people can do that as an individual effort and the way companies can support that individual making that effort can make such a big difference on our general footprint and especially when we're here surrounded by this beautiful Mm -hmm. national park you know and and talking about water bottles nova that reminds me you know alaska water is great isn't it it's delicious why would you want to drink bottled water from out of state exactly Um, yeah and alaska glacier water out of uh, a klutna outside Mm -hmm. of anchorage they have started bottling water alaska water in aluminum bottles with a resealable top so Mm -hmm. it looks just like a plastic bottle resealable cap mm-hmm. um, and we have converted to selling those in our grab-and-go areas having those in our box lunches having them in our um, gift shops mm-hmm. and um, you know plastic is not 
forever recyclable. Even if we recycle the plastic, as you recycle that plastic, it becomes less and less uh, durable. You have to add more virgin plastic to the mix to make it strong enough to make another bottle. Did you know that aluminum is eternally recyclable? So if you have an aluminum can, aluminum bottle, and you can recycle that over and over and over and over. Once it's mined from the earth, that, that mineral can just be made into a can for the rest of its life. But plastic is not, it's a chemical. It would have, it has to, it's gonna go through, it's gonna change and it's gonna have to have virgin plastics added to it and more chemicals added to it. So we've chosen to go with the aluminum bottle. It costs a little bit more, but it's easier to recycle. It's reusable still, guests can refill it at the refillable um, water station as well. And um, it's Alaska water. It's, it's uh, filled with an Alaska water product, which I think is great. If I'm traveling somewhere, I'd like to drink the water. Have my own water. <laughs> right, right. Have the water <laughs> where I'm going. This is the, you know, the carbon <laughs> footprint of the bottle getting to us. You know, it's, it's coming down from the highway instead of, you know, um, uh, you know, up on a barge or something from, right. from, uh, from a factory down below. And we're uh, often yeah. asked, is the water around here good? And it's delicious yes. coming out of the spigot, you know. Yeah. But I do think a lot of companies now are putting with their water fountains those filtered waters that you can refill your water bottle. It's convenient. You mm -hmm. feel like you're doing your part. I was at the grocery store the other day at Fred Meyer and Ball, yeah. the people that oh, used yeah, to yeah, make yeah. the glass jars, now have an aluminum cup. And so it's not meant to be heated. It's not meant to be, think of it like the old red solo cup, oh, yeah, but they've yeah. started making a tall one that's all aluminum. So now when you use that cup, you can use it if you're out at a campfire okay. or traveling, whatever, uh, but it's aluminum. So when you get tired of it, again, as you said, very easy to recycle, but you're not using a plastic, mm -hmm. you know, other style cup in mm -hmm. some sort, you know, so those are kind of nice to travel with as well. So it's interesting. I think a lot of large companies are beginning to, um, try to enhance those efforts in some way, whichever way they can, you know, mm -hmm. which I think is helpful. Absolutely. You know, and uh, th that reminds me of, I, I wanted to tell you about a couple other programs that we do. We've got a program we call the HOOP program, H-O-O-P, and that stands for Housekeeping Opt-Out Program. We put this information in the guest room, and the guests can choose to opt out of having stayover service. Mm -hmm. And in exchange, we give them a, a coupon that they can use in the gift shop or food and beverage venue. Um, for five dollars in in uh, exchange for not choosing to have stayover service, and by not having stayover service, that saves the chemicals, of course, the labor. That's a bonus, but also you know just more the impact to the laundry, the water, the chemicals, laundry detergent, you know, right? all those things that go I mean, into there. How many times do you use your towel at home before you wash it? Mm -hmm. Same thing with yeah. your sheets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't wash my sheets every day or mm -hmm. wash my towels every day. So and I think too with the imprint stuff. of that you know people being a little bit more careful with this era it's nice to know when somebody checks in that somebody else is not going to be coming in and out of their room right there's a certain mm -hmm. safety Absolutely. right now with health things as well so i think that um feeds on both sides i i agree i agree yeah yeah so the great thing about having Bonnie is obviously she's sharing her sustainability ideas with personally, as well as with the company, with Princess. With, so we are tickled to actually is with HAP. So the reason we're tickled to have Bonnie today is not only is she here as a GM and sharing her sustainability um, practices with Holland America, Princess, and that combination conglomerate here in Denali, but also she has become a lifelong Alaskan. And I think, uh, you know, we what year did you actually first come up, Bonnie? Uh, 2001. 2001. And then I think you went a little while uh, to a different property, a different Princess property for I a was, bit, right? I was out uh, near the Wrangelson Elias National Park. 
Park Ugh, for eight beautiful. years in Copper Center. Loved it. <laughs> Denali's nice. home. It was great to come back to Denali in, in 2010. And So do you yeah. end up uh, living here year-round? I live, so in the wintertime, I have a home in Anchorage that I live in. Though, actually, these last two years with uh, the pandemic, I've spent a lot more time there than I, <laughs> more than I ever have, which I love. But I am looking forward to being in Denali full-time next summer. Um, yeah, so I spend my summers up here in Denali National Park, mm-hmm. and then winters in, in Anchorage. I say that I've got the perfect mix between the city and the woods. Absolutely. <laughs> and the animal life, too, right? <laughs> exactly. Talk a little bit about, um, sometimes people are surprised at the distance Sounds funny, but between the two places, between Anchorage to Denali and traveling back and forth, uh, the fact that we have mainly a two-lane road yeah. that's going between the two places, it takes you roughly how long to get back and forth? About four hours. About four hours four, back four and, and forth. Four and a half, depends on how many stops I need to do for the dog. Right. <laughs> It's totally legal. And then we have Talkeetna that's between uh-huh. here and there. And Princess has a property there, yeah, or just outside of Talkeetna, right? Just outside of Talkeetna in, in the town of Trapper Creek is the Mount McKinley Princess Wilderness Lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they also have been closed these last couple of years. They will be reopening in 2022 as well. And they have a beautiful view. I think it's, it's the south view of the Denali that they are able to see. 40 miles from the base of the mountain. On a clear day, it's in your backyard. It's right there. Nice. It's, it's amazing. On a clear day, I if I'm driving the highway, I'll pop up there just to... Let the dog out. Right. <laughs> Perfect. <with> you. <laughs> it's gorgeous up there. Yeah. So take off your GM hat just a second and just talk to us about um, coming to Denali. If you were to give a visitor who is coming here for the very first time some advice on whether it's expectations, goals, something maybe that they should think about before they come or when they get here, what would be your advice to that person visiting Denali for the very first time? I, You know, when I've got friends and family coming up, I always ask, what do you want to do? Because there are so many things to do. There, the options are endless, right? Um, how much of the park do they want to see? Do they want to hike more? Do they want to see more animals? Do they want to have um, an exciting adventure? Um, so making that list so that you so that when you get here, because most people, their time is pretty short in Denali. So you want to do a little research before you get here so that you don't miss out on the activities that you want to engage in. Um, and you know, and the other question I get a lot about is when should I go? When's the best time to be in Denali? And uh, I always giggle at that question because every day is a great day to be in Denali. Um, they always ask what time is season, what month is the best, and you know, honestly, I just I think every day and every month is spectacular up here. The light is always changing, and that makes every every day different and special. Um, our weather's always changing, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the animals—you know—they're always doing doing different things at each month of the year too. So there's there's just so much to experience. So I think um, making sure you you do a little thoughtful research of what you want to do, so that you don't miss out. You know, because if if you want to do fishing, for instance, um, you want to make sure that you're coming up here during the right fishing season or. Um, rafting. You don't want to come too early if the river hasn't broken up yet, for instance, Mm -hmm. or those types of activities. So just on an ending note, tell us a little bit if somebody wanted to stay at your property, how they go about doing that. Um, Well, 
so for next year 2022 we're going to open on may 11th we're really excited i'll start the countdown here soon <laughs> um head to our website it's princessalaskalodges.com and you can see you can book a room independently there um, if you're interested in doing a cruise tour which is doing the the sea and the land package together you would um, do a cruise before or after your land package you can get that all from princess.com there's a whole menu of options and information and pricing um, there available for 2022 and beyond and i think the great thing too is where you're located is so far from where someone would cruise I think when they take the cruise, they get spectacular views. Mm -hmm. Our state capital, you can only get to by a cruise ship or by a plane. You can see the glaciers. You can see the, the bottom, the south side of the state. But if you really want to get into the interior, see a different terrain, different wildlife, then you offer the opportunity for people to come up here to Denali, make it part of the land package uh, with the cruise tour. And it's a great opportunity for people to see so many facets of the state. Yeah, you know, our guests... The top three things they want to see when they come to Alaska are glaciers, wildlife, and Denali. And so that, that package gives many opportunities for all of that. Perfect. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> Denali 360 is a production of Denali 360 LLC. Interviews are edited by Josiah Robinson. Theme song written and recorded by Jonathan and Brooke East. I am your host, Nova Cunningham. For more information on Denali Park, Alaska, go to Denali360.com. Mm -hmm.